Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is Podcast 130. For the last few podcasts, I have been speaking to you about controlling the mind, truly about scripture saturation. And I have tried to explain that to you in a simplified podcast way, because this is something that really is best taught in a seminar where you can interact and you can help someone and lead someone along and disciple them along the way. But in a podcast, I'm at least giving you enough to begin to work through passages of Scripture, understanding them in their context, then saturating yourselves with those Scriptures. Now, what I just said is very important. You cannot just take a verse of Scripture and begin to read it over and over again like some kind of magic amulet. Truth is always based within context. And so you have to know the passage. You have to read it over and over again and understand it, dissect it, exegete it, get to know what it is and what it means, and then take a portion of that or the entire passage and deal with that and let it become a part of who you are because truth outside of context will sooner or later become heresy. And so as you go through this process of cleaning your mind up and creating new pathways and habits and thought patterns and training the subconscious, then please understand you have to do that with truth and it has to be done within the biblical context in which it was given. And so with that in mind, after you have worked through some of the previous podcast, I want to encourage you to do something with me just as an exercise. Now, this is a little more detailed than what you've been doing, but I have found that believers are really walking in bondage because we have, in many ways, tried to make the truth fit our culture, and it just doesn't work that way. The culture has to be conformed to truth, not truth conformed to the culture, because we have this Jesus of our own making, this saying, what would Jesus do? Well, all you have to do is read the scriptures and he'll tell you this concept of, well, I wonder what Jesus would do based upon the Jesus that I have conjured up in my own mind. Paul talked about this to the Galatians, and he said, some are preaching a Jesus that is not the Jesus of the Bible. And he goes on to tell what that is and what it's not. Well, the same thing is true of sinful behavior and good behavior in our lives. God puts the plumb line or the standard or the template of what is good and what is bad, what is controlled by the Spirit and what is controlled by the flesh. And as is the case, Paul always writes the same way. That is, he writes as a rabbi, he builds a premise and a basis for what he's going to create an action point for us to do. And so this is the way that God works. God wants us to know why we're doing something and not just tell us to do it, but help us to understand from his perspective, from a wisdom standpoint, that's what wisdom is, really looking at life from God's perspective, to understand what his reasoning for something is, and then he 
ask us to obey based upon a reasonable principle of who he is, his holiness, or some action that he's wanting us to follow in our lives for his glory and for our good. And so Paul, when he's writing books, he usually takes the first portion of any book, whether it's the book of Ephesians or it's Philippians or Colossians or Galatians that I want to talk to you about right now. And he will write doctrinal aspects. That is all that God has done for us in Christ. And he'll talk about who we are in Christ, or he'll talk about some doctrinal aspect. Before he gets to the practical aspects or what is our duty based upon these great truths that he's laid out, he usually has a transitional chapter or several verses. We call it a chapter sometimes in our chapter and verse divisions. But he has a section, sometimes it's longer, sometimes it's shorter, on the relationship between Israel and the church. Because if you don't understand the relationship between Israel and the church, you're going to be lost in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Because even though the church was not in the Old Testament, God spoke of a time when Jew and Gentile would be together in one body under one rule, and that is under the Messiah's rule. Well, we have that during this age which was a mystery that God had hidden in his own heart. The church in itself was a mystery and how God was going to bring about his rule in the life of his followers. I'm not talking about the kingdom uh, that is to come, what we call the millennial kingdom. I'm talking about God's rule and reign in our lives right now. That was a mysterion, a mystery hidden in the heart of God. And Paul was the apostle to unpack that or unfold that. And that's why he talks about how he was the apostle to the church, to the Gentiles, to this concept and this mystery that God had hidden all along, how he was going to, in Christ, bring together Jew and Gentile and break down the middle wall of partition, the sereg, where we could all come to him the same way. And that's indeed what he did. And so in every book that he writes, Paul will give a doctrinal section, then he will give what I call a dispensational section. I'm not talking about dispensational for those of you who are out there and might think you know a little bit more than what you do about what dispensations are. This is, I'm talking about God's economy, how he moves in the world and how he acts in the world and relates to man. And God works through Israel and God works through the church and God will one day when the church is gone work through Israel again. And we need to understand that and Paul lays that out in his epistles. And then he comes to the therefore sections where he says on the basis of all that I've said to you, here's the way I want you to think and act. And this is what I want to deal with to begin with today. And that passage begins in chapter 5, because in Galatians chapter 5, he says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. This bondage was salvation not being by grace through faith alone. The Galatians were adding on other things that had to be done. They had to believe and trust in Jesus and repent of their sins, but that wasn't enough. They had to then keep the law. They had to be circumcised. Always, anytime you add a plus sign after grace through faith, anytime anything other than repentance and faith is the means whereby man is made right with God, a 
person is made right with God, then you are stepping into heresy because the atonement of Jesus is sufficient to save us. I heard a Church of Christ person say one time on a national radio program that the death of Christ was necessary for our salvation, but it was not sufficient. I believe that's absolute heresy. The moment a person becomes a partaker of that atonement, that's all that it takes. And, of course, he was talking about water baptism was what it was to complete that transaction. But God looks at the heart, and when a person's heart is right, then they'll do exactly what they need to do, and the Spirit of God will come in to live in their hearts. But all it takes for a person to be totally forgiven of all their sins, not only of what they've done in the past and the, the penalty paid for that, but everything they'll ever do in the future, to be justified that is to be declared righteous before God and to have imputed to them the righteousness of Christ, the obedience of Christ imputed and put on their record is to trust Jesus alone by grace through faith, having repented of their sins, turned to God with all of their heart, placed their trust in Jesus' atonement in the death that Jesus died on their behalf, that substitutionary death. The moment they do that, they are a child of God, born again, born into the family of God. And yes, do they need to be baptized? Of course, straightway. They need to be immersed. You say, why? Because God says so. And because it is the uh, initiatory right that God has said, I want you to show immediately and tell everyone what you've done through this act of obedience. It's the first thing God wants us to do. And so he says, therefore, stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free and don't be entangled with all these Galatian heresies of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, plus something else that you have to do in order to be saved. Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection paid the penalty for our sins once and for all and when we come into a relationship with him, then that is forever. And that is the basis upon which God's spirit begins to transform us because we're born into the family of God. And as we grow, God sets us free from all of these entanglements and bondages. And the way that he does that is through saturating us with truth and enabling us by the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within us, Christ in us is the hope of glory. The moment that he comes to live in our heart, he begins to enable us to obey him and walk with him. And he transforms our mind through understanding truth, not just reading it out loud. That's just the process and not just listening to it. That's the process. It is in grafting truth into our lives by the power of the Holy Spirit. As it becomes a part of who we are, we read it, we read it, we read it, we saturate it, we saturate it into our lives. And then that is compounded exponentially grown in our lives as we walk it out and obey the words of God. Now, the next time we come together, I want to talk to you about the works of the flesh and the works of the spirit and how we can recognize those very quickly and begin to shun those works of the flesh and then begin to allow the Spirit of God and the fruit of the Spirit to grow in our lives. And so as you walk on the way, I pray that you will walk with God, seek His face, and live a life that is controlled by the Spirit of God. For On the Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. 
Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.